Uh, welcome to Cashing in the Northwest, the official podcast of Geo Woodstock 18 right here in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week, we're going to talk about caches and cashers from here and all around the globe. So while you're debating whether you should try windsurfing, we'll be caching in the Northwest. And you know, we can't do that until we bring in our geocaching gibbon. Some say he has nightmares about his GPSR batteries dying. And others say he showed up to a party, rolled up in a carpet. All we know is he's called Land Monkey. So, so, so some sort of Cleopatra reference? Oh, you got it. Very good. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. All right. Okay, thanks. And good evening to you, too. You're welcome. <laughs> and, and speaking of queens, we have the ape queen with us this evening. Hello. <laughs> hey, JT. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> We're glad to have you back. Somebody so somebody else that Chris can take out his teenage angst on. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, you my, know what? You forget the new amount of control I have. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have that same control. I just haven't practiced with it, which is even more dangerous. <laughs> Far more dangerous. I'm a completely reckless monkey with control. All right. Well, speaking of completely reckless, but yet having control, a uh, quick reminder that we appreciate the support of our patrons. Wait a minute. That doesn't make a good segue. Uh, who hope to keep this podcast coming each and every week. And a special thanks to Land Sharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor. And folks, if you want to know more about supporting of this show, click the Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website. And speaking, of the cachingnw.com website. Gosh, I was over there just before this show and it looked a little different, Chris. Well, you know, it was time for a little updates. Things weren't working right. So, you know, as WordPress goes along and updates things, it breaks others. And so there wasn't, there's been some work done on the cachingnw.com website lately. Go over, take a look. It's a new podcast player. You can you know, if you're going on a road trip, you can open this on your phone. You can start at the most recent podcast and listen through nonstop through all of the podcasts. It would be a long road trip, but give it a shot and let us know what how that works for you. Sounds good. Hey, I am noticing in the chat that uh, there's some buffering action and choppy audio. So uh, hopefully that'll stabilize folks. Um Stay there, hang in with us. Um, but we really appreciate the feedback as we test out these new tools. Yes, thank you so much for letting us know. Another thing we need from you are glows. You know what a glow is? That's a geocaching log of the week. And whether you read it or whether you wrote it, we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better. Send an email or a field recording. You know, that's a recording you do out in the field, maybe on your smartphone. It's a recording to, of field crickets. It could be. Or, or you know what? Send us birds chirping. I like that. That's, you know, you can buy these sound waves, but they're so much better if you've recorded them. Don't send us waterfalls or creeks because we'll listen for like 30 seconds and we got to go to the bathroom. So that's just useless. It's so embarrassing, but true. <laughs> send that to feedback at cachingnw.com. You can call into 253-693-TFTC or use the voicemail tool right there on the website, that cachingnw.com website, and show us how you glow. Now, we have a glow today from the Seabeck tribe. Starts off, good day, guys. I have a glow from a cache that I did back in April. 
I was out with Bugs 59 cashing in Port Townsend, Washington. We went to the Point Wilson Lighthouse. That's GC1 uh, Golf Beta Golf 6. And here's my log. I'm out grabbing caches in Port Townsend uh, with Bugs 59. And we gathered our stuff and went and found the cache. As we were heading back, I realized I didn't have my car keys. Oh, no, was the thought. And sure enough, after we get back to the car, I look inside. And the keys were nice and dry inside the car with the doors locked. So it hadn't quite started raining. And I managed to get roadside assistance to come and get us. We walked up the road a little bit and took shelter inside an abandoned bunker. Standing there waiting for the guy to show up. I love the double takes that as people drive by and realize there's someone inside the bunker. The rain has been coming down much harder. and Hopefully the person will get here soon. Thanks for putting this cash out and experiencing the great outdoors. And by the way, the tow truck, the tow truck driver showed up about an hour later and the rain did stop by then. <laughs> wow. Quite the adventure. That, yeah, exactly what I was just thinking. That is quite the adventure and i uh, glad that. Um, I've done that myself. Glad that you were okay and got home safe. And that's from Seabeck Tribe, eh? Seabeck Tribe, yes. Very cool. Uh, Dora Moore says, I can see them, but they're freezing in the most amazing poses. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. I'm for those who may not have seen it in the chat, I've suggested it. I think it's actually a YouTube thing because the three of us are connecting with really good um, mm -hmm. bandwidth here. Um, and Supernauts said that they dropped off and joined back in and and it's fixed for them now so mm. that might pro be tip. to try pro tip <laughs> <laughs> thanks jesse <laughs> all right so what are we going to talk about i don't know what do you want to jesse is there anything you want to talk about tonight you know i thought I, we could talk about some stats Ooh. it's all about the numbers it and really is all about the numbers <laughs> ask the land monkeys it's all about the stats. I always say it's kind of about the numbers. It's all yeah. about the stats. It really is. It definitely is. That became really important to me when I first started caching and I first saw on the geocaching.com pages when it would just show you some really simple stats. Um, all of a sudden, how those numbers were starting to line up became really interesting and in how I had total control of what if, what if, oh, my average cash is two a day. What if it was three a day? What if, what if I could make, make it a little less, make it more? What about my streak? Very motivating for me. Awesome. That's very cool. Um, now there's all kinds of different ways to track your stats. Um, maybe what we can do is we'll start with talking about which ones. So, for folks who maybe are a little bit new to the game and haven't gotten into the detailed stats, um, what are the ones that you can track through your standard or your default profile page? Yeah, on your geocaching.com profile page, when you, you can get there in any number of ways when you're looking at your dashboard or by just clicking your name or even on the left side, it says uh, statistics. You can click on that and it will calculate your best caching day 
year and month, your positive streak, which is how many days that you have fines in a row, not how many days you've tried for a cash, but however many days that you have found one, as well as your negative streak, which is how many days that you don't have fines or in a row, not necessarily DNFs, either DNFs or days that you just didn't go out. And the very first day that you logged a find, how many finds you have on each calendar day. It will track um, the combinations that you can find of the difficulty and terrain rating, your DT rating or your fizzy grid. Um, it will track your map. There's a tab at the top that it will show you your map and it will It'll show you countries, it will show you states within the US and provinces within Canada, and it will color change for you with how dense your finds are, which is also really fun to manipulate. And it will also track your milestones, that when you first start out caching, you have more milestones more frequently, your first cache, your fifth cache, your 10th cache, and then you get all the way down and it starts to become less frequent because they probably figure that you're, you're not so motivated by milestone caches anymore once you get past 10,000. Um, but that's a really fun thing to, to find important or special to you caches that will show up on that milestone list for you. Very cool. Oh, there's also your friend league. Oh, yeah? I, I don't oh, usually, I forget about that because it's still mm -hmm. relatively new. Your friend league or your leaderboard, and it will track how you are doing based on the friends that you have assigned in geocaching.com um, that you, you can easily add other cachers to be your friends and you can see how they do and you can track their stats too. And it, there's a nice list that can show you those a little more easily. Then in your leaderboard, it'll show you how you're doing per week as compared to them, which adds a fun um, just news update for the caches that they're finding, which I find fun to read. And then it also adds a little competition to who is either finding more or more caches that are worth more points. And, and again, that runs Monday to Monday, right? That's I believe so. Yeah. And it just refreshes. It doesn't stop necessarily it just refreshes. And then an HQ will decide the point values in right. their different ways that you can play the game. Either you find one particular cache or you find a cache that has a certain number of favorite points as a minimum, or um, you've set loose a trackable that you don't own or set loose a trackable that you do own, um, or you find a multi cache or something like that. Right on. Yeah. And, and uh, one thing else I've noticed about Friend League is you can look back one week, mm -hmm. but you can't go any further back. So basically the data is quote unquote gone mm -hmm. Friend League, uh, at least from our eyes now. I don't know if HQ has, has them somewhere rolling around in a database, but. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, they do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a spreadsheet or many. <laughs> yeah. Rock Chalk's got them all. <laughs> Keeping track, watching everybody. All right. Um, well, Friend League became very important a, a couple of promotions ago. Very hide. Yes. When yes. they started using it on that, and it's like, oh, there's a Friend League. Let's use this. This, yes. this is fun. Because you've been able to add friends on geocaching.com for a long time. And then they were just kind of there. And for me, I would be able to see more easily the logs that my friends had made. So, and if I know maybe my friends leave a certain sort of subtle hint that you only can 
you only can see if you know what you're looking for. Um, so I usually find those pretty useful. But now they would help you get points and then for Mary Hyde, and then it would help you get souvenirs uh, for the summer promo, which is really fun. Very cool. Um, so continuing on about stats, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll switch to another type of stat. One of my favorites um, for any number of reasons, streaking. Streaking. Uh, streaking. <laughs> Yay. Okay. <laughs> um, so there's different types of streaks. Uh, you you there, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> the family friendly podcast. <laughs> I said that was for a different podcast. All right, yeah. Percy, take us out of the gutter. <laughs> streaks. <laughs> so fun. And like I was saying, there are some that you can do positive streaks, which is cash fines on consecutive days. And then you can do negative streaks where you can see if you um, can, you can decide how long you want to either have DNFs or not go out at all. Um, and you can try to make it so that your positive streak is higher than your negative streak. And because that again, is all tabulated for you. Um, but you can, and that you can decide what kind of streak that you'd like to do. If you're working on a positive streak, you can just do fines per day, or maybe you can do a certain type of cash for a certain duration. Like I'm going to find a multi every day for a month or a puzzle cash every day for a month. And um, those get shown either in your stats. Uh, it, it helps you calculate your, um, it helps increase your cash diversity rating, which is another stat that shows up and how the percentage of traditional caches that you have or the versus the percentage of earth caches or virtual caches or whatever. That's another thing that's tabulated on geocaching.com. And I have several friends that like to keep their traditional cash finds as the percentage of fines as low as possible, um, which is a challenge, <laughs> actually. Would be a challenge, yeah. um, but then there are a number of, speaking of challenges, there's a number of challenges that require you to do those particular streaks of a multi every day for a month or a puzzle every day for a month, et cetera, et cetera. So what's the difference between streaking and just filling in the calendar? The difference, the main difference is streaking keeps in mind the year that it is and it, it requires consecutive days. When you're just filling in your calendar, you can imagine a grid of a year where the of a full year where the actual year doesn't exist. So there's a January 1, a January 2, a July 1, a July 2, and so forth. And you fill in the boxes on that grid, but you don't have to do it in a row. You certainly can, but often you just don't because you miss a day here and there. And um, it satisfies, once again, those completionist box checkers like I am <laughs> to have your whole grid all nicely filled out. Um, and I recently learned, actually, if you look at geocaching.com and you look at that um, year find grid, um, it, you, there's different shades of green based on the densities of fines. And from zero or from zero, it's it's a white box. From one to uh, 10, it's a light green box. It ticks over at 11. It ticks over to a darker green at 26. And then it ticks over to an even darker green and 101. And I know a lot of people that like to manipulate the green variants in those boxes <laughs> or they want to have a... Exactly. Or they want to have a minimum of 11 in every single day that they find or a minimum of the year that it is in every single day or a minimum of the years that they've been caching or something like that. All those little things that you have control over that you can play with. 
That's that's very cool. Yeah, you can even focus from there. It can be fines, but it can also be filling in your puzzle calendar, which I recently have done. I'm currently working on filling in my multi-calendar, which again is not necessarily finding a multi every single day consecutively, although that is kind of what it turns out to be for me. (laughs) But it is just making sure that on my grid, every day I've at least found one multi. I'm also working on my micro calendar grid so that I will blank out all of every single day having a micro cache found at some point in my geocaching time. Who knows where I'll go from there? <laughs> now, okay. So wow. on, on the, the filling in the calendar now, and as you've explained it, and, and if people look at their geocaching.com stats profile, there mm-hmm. is a calendar, as you've explained, it's 366 boxes and they get mm-hmm. colored in different shades of green as you find caches those days. But now when you're talking about doing things like finding, uh, filling that calendar with any specific cache type mm-hmm. or, find, or find type, like a micro, um, where would you track that? Like, where would you see that? You need a different tool now. Now you've ac- crossed into the upper echelon of stat tracking. <laughs> and thankfully, there are other people out there who are way better programmers and tool users than I am. And they have created websites that help track these things. There are lots of them. My geocaching uh, profile.com, I think, is one of them. Um, I, I don't often use that one. I have every once in a while. The one that I typically use is projectgc.com, which is project hyphen gc.com there's a free version of it there's a paid version of it uh, i have to admit i do have the paid version because once i started to realize there were ways and that you could use the website and stats that it would track if you use the paid version then that was all i needed <laughs> and these <laughs> folks do a great job um, making this website it's a very powerful tool if you've ever done a challenge cache where you have to do a certain number of things or find a certain number of caches before you can go and find that cache then you may have used a challenge checker which is the little box on the website of the geocache that you can click and it will say yes you've done it or oh no you haven't and sometimes it'll even then tell you oh you haven't done it yet but here's the caches that you can find and then you'll have done it. And Project GC is responsible for on, on all of the users and the checker builders are responsible for all of that. But that's the website where those originate. And you can track your own stats on those. You can track other stats on those. And it is a great uh, it is a, a great tool to keep track of all these things. It is truly one of my most used websites because <laughs> I have to remember to track all these things. And in fact, it will even communicate with your Google calendar. So you may be thinking, gosh, I could never keep track of how many multis per day I needed to find in order to fill in this calendar. What if I missed one? That would You'd have to wait for a whole other year for that day to come back around again. Amazingly, Project GC will actually, in the paid version, create a list for you. Okay, here are the days that you need one and it will send it to your Google calendar. And truly on my phone, it will tell me, oh, looks like you need a multi today. And then there you go. (laughs) That is cool. I am a paid Project GC user and I did not know that it could do that. 
So isn't that cool? That is, I'm going to have to look into that. That's pretty cool. It's my saving grace because <laughs> yeah, no I couldn't. Kidding. And then I can color code them. So I know if I need a multi and a micro that day, or if I just need a, uh, just a cash that day on my streak, it would just tell me, okay, you just need a cash. You don't need, it doesn't have to be anything special because you've got the other days checked off. Um, but it's, it's a great way to keep those of us who are super neurotic about these things in line. <laughs> Silly me, when I got close to filling in my calendar, I went to the stats page and my calendar at the same time and just, you know, copied over and need a cash today. Need a mm -hmm. cash. I started yeah. doing that and I had many copies of them because, you know, you never know what bag I had for work and put it in my lunch bag or, you know, and that kind of thing. But then I, once it was digitized, then it was game over for me. <sighs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, oh, go ahead, Chris. What's oh, up? I was going to say there was a question from IHAM that says, uh, you know, GC.com, so geocaching.com stats versus Project GC stats. And, and they're really two different animals, aren't they? They really are. They communicate with each other really nicely. And paid versions of Project GC um, will update every day. I think the free version, um, I think it updates every week, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. But oh. um um, that was another thing. I had to have fresh stats because it bothered me that they weren't quite <laughs> up to date. <laughs> um, but as you log your finds on geocaching.com, it will auto-populate over into your stats and it just takes the, the, um, the API token so that everything is, um, communicating back and forth and it, uh, you can make lists that way and there's you can there's other th features of it that i haven't even explored yet it's a huge powerful tool and i know other people use it in very heavily in ways that i don't so i know that there are other ways that it can make lists for you and you can add make little trips with it and and caches along a route with it and that kind of thing very cool very cool. All right. Um, yeah, sometimes Stu says he's working on his 11 per day grid right now. Exactly. Because of the shading. Colors, it's right? a great thing. <laughs> you know what's funny? I had noticed the, the, I'd noticed the different colors on the calendar. I, I hadn't thought about what the triggers were to change the, change the colors. So there you go. I've learned something. I'm learning all kinds of stuff tonight. It's awesome. It's awesome. That's great. Um, so yeah, you know, you can teach old dogs new tricks. And, and speaking of oldies, uh, oldies ah. and goodies. I see what you um, did there. <laughs> That's my job. What types of stats do cachers track regarding uh, old caches or older caches? Yeah, lots of them. And in fact, this is another place where Project GC really shines because um, those people who are who really like to find old caches, you might work on your Jasmer challenge, which means you would find a cache placed in every month that geocaching has existed. So you find one that's been placed in May of 2000, then June of 2000, and so on and so on and so on. And you keep that going into perpetuity because caches are placed all the time. And um, what's interesting about that is that it, it gets getting harder and harder to do as time progresses because those oldies, those ancient caches, 2000 and 2001 uh, placed caches, um, get archived now and again, and that just makes them fewer and farther between. And in fact, um, 
he, in August of 2000, there are only four caches on the planet that have that placed by date. So you can only do your quad jasmer, or some people refer to that as your loop when you go around and you do your full jasmer grid, which means you find a cache placed in every month that geocaching has existed. And then if you do it again, that's a second loop or your double jasmer or your triple jasmer or your quad jasmer. But unless you started at the very, very beginning and have kept on going, um, you really can only get as high as your quad jasmer. And uh, the four caches are not near each other and they're not necessarily convenient to find. So they are a commitment to get to. And a lot of people have a jasmer version, either one, two, three or four um, in their goals because it's pretty unique to be able to get those. And Project GC tracks those beautifully. And as a matter of fact, on that grid, when it shows you, um, there's even at the bottom of that grid, it's, it helps you find a list of caches that qualify for you so that you don't have to just sort and sort and sort on geocaching.com. It says, well, it looks like you're missing June of 2001. Look, here's globally a list of all the caches placed at that time. Makes it really easy to plan a really exciting geocaching trip. <laughs> yeah, and I think we'll probably talk about that a little bit more later mm -hmm. um, when we get into the details around Project GC. But that's definitely the um, the map uh, mm -hmm. map out your goals aspect of it is super super convenient. Plus the fact of how narrow or broad you can filter that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jasmer is one good challenge. Uh, the other term that people tend to use is fizzy. And some people mm -hmm. are fuzzy on fizzy. Can you they explain are. what it is? I had a, I went on a trip to Hawaii and I had an event there and I was talking to the people there and it, we were talking about the same challenge, which was filling in the grid of all the different difficulty terrain rating combinations. But I was calling it the fizzy challenge and they were calling it their grid. I'm working on my grid. It's the grid. There's a grid path. There's a, and uh, we were, it was, we talked around and around. I had no idea at that point that people, not everybody called it the fizzy grid. Um, and my understanding of why it's called that or how it's referred to in that way is because the first person to set out a challenge that mean that enticed people to fill out their grid, their user, their caching handle is fizzy magic. And a lot of challenges are named after the person or the cacher that first came up with that challenge or first completed it. Um, and there are 81 possibilities of difficulty and terrain rating. And um, I just filled in mine this year, which is really exciting. But a lot of people like to loop through their fizzy grid. They like to do it once, twice, 30, 40, 50 times. <laughs> and um, that's just so incredible to me that I, because the some DT ratings are very uncommon and it can be really challenging to find those. And um but it can certainly make for a really fun trip if you are looking for those really rare combos. Exactly. And remember, those colors change at 11, 26, <laughs> and 101 finds. And just like we were talking about before with streaks, you can go any type of flavor of fizzy challenge. You can do your regular, mm -hmm. just regular old fizzy as is tracked on geocaching.com. You can do region specific. There's a Washington state fizzy grid challenge that I have a lot of friends that are working on since that's where I'm located. There are, you can do your multi fizzy. You can do your earth cache fizzy. You can do your large fizzy and project you see will track all of that for you. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine a five, five earth cache, but I'm sure they're out there. Oh, uh, yes. 
yeah yeah they are i actually recently was playing around with project gc and just seeing how close am i to an earth cache fizzy and it wasn't as close as i would have liked <laughs> and, and i've got over 500 earth cache finds but it's wow. just that you have yeah. to selectively you know like like jesse's saying you've got to know what you're going after and then go after so it's just a different way of playing the game and that's mm -hmm. i think one of the things i love about geocaching is there's so many different mm -hmm. ways you can play the game score it and you're scoring against yourself you can use things like friend league or whatever and and have some friendly competition if you choose but mostly you're just really playing against yourself and uh and there's an i won't say infinite because there isn't but there's a a multifold uh, uh ways of you of scoring and finding different challenges and i like that i like i don't necessarily like pursuing every type of challenge or mm -hmm. or uh or stats uh approach that there is but sometimes it can be fun. You pick one that you think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to see if I can work on this. And I know I'm not going to get it in the next year, but we'll just keep it running in the background. And and now knowing, learning from you, Jesse, that I can actually sync it up to um, to my digital calendar. It's like, ah, well, that would be kind of cool. Yes. Even if I don't want to go for it, I know this would be the day where if I mm -hmm. have the opportunity to grab an earth cache, a multi, a mystery, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm today would be a good day to do that. Exactly. If you were so inclined. And some people, um, you know, in fact, the first German geocachers I ever met that I at least knew were German, they told me, I, I met them at an event and they told me, oh, I, we only fived five fives. And I thought, you kidding? How who could only find five fives? And I looked at their stats. Sure enough, that is how they pick the caches that they find. They only go for the five fives, and that's just the kind of caching they like to do. Um, and that was one of the things that they that you know they could use the stats for is helping filter through and find those because the stats told them about what their adventure was going to be before they even went there. And they're like, yeah, I don't want to find one on a sidewalk. I want to crawl through a cave or climb up a tree or go under a bridge or something like that like that's why we do it yeah that makes wow sense. yeah it makes events harder to find but they're still out there <laughs> event. Yep, holy smokes um three people showed up <laughs> one of them was an hour late <laughs> and we're all hanging on the side of this cliff uh, so so we, we've talked about stats and tracking stats and, and different ways you can display those stats. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the other things that uh, people track and, and score the game on, we were talking just a moment ago about different ways to play and scoring, uh, are, are badges. I'm thinking yes. like badge gen. Mm -hmm. What's your, what are your thoughts or your experience with that? Badge gen is something that is also some that something that can be really motivating because what it is is a, a tool that another really incredible programmer has created. Um, and again, connected to Project GC, but it was originally made off of a macro from GSAC, which is another amazing tool, geocaching Swiss Army Knife GSAC. Um, and um, that tool also helps you track and find caches specifically in specific regions and helps you create little pools of your own caches or like your finds and so forth. Um, badge gen gives you little, they're similar to souvenirs. They're the digital art and there's different echelons of these 
of these badges and they come in different jewel tones. So you can have the silver version of the earth cache badge, which means you have found certain number of earth caches. And then it tells you, oh, you have the silver earth cache badge. If you want the gold one, go find two more Gold, uh, earth caches. So then you do, and then you have the gold one. And then it says, no, oh, you have the gold one. Would you like the platinum one? All you have to do is find 10 more. Well, uh, 10 more, anybody can do that. So then you head out and find 10 more. <laughs> and then you just keep moving yourself along. It can be really, really motivating. And then um, some of them, of course, are easier in different regions that you live in to get to than others. Um, there are badges in badge gen for all kinds of different things, for streaks, for going to events, for hosting events, for moving trackables, for owning trackables, for um, your fizzy grid and how many loops you've done through your fizzy grid. Um, it tells you how many badges exist and how many you have. And if you wanted to be that completionist and how you wanted to get them all, you could. Um, it also gives you a little, it's like a little karate belt at the bottom and you get, or you earn your way through different colors of belts based on different things that you can do within the game. Every find is worth a quarter of a point. Every, uh, you know, multi-find might be a half a point or something like that. And you move your way through and you get to the different echelons and colors of belts. Um, and uh, it can be a really fun way to organize your trips. Because I know, um, for, for me, one of the benefits of these sorts of things, when you think, oh, gosh, I think I'll go caching, where will I even go? The gift of living in the Pacific Northwest is that there are just options, options, options. You can go caching anywhere, any day and find a ton. <laughs> and because uh, there's new ones all the time and there's amazing roads and places to visit we have lots of amazing geocaches. And it can be really overwhelming for when you're just getting started. I don't know where to go. How do I, you know, what do I, what do I do? And these stats can really help you focus your trip. They can help you come up with a priority. Okay, I want to get two more earth caches. Oh, look, on my map, there's two right up here. And look, there's 10 between where I am now and those two earth caches. Then I'll, that'll be my trip for the day. And you can practice building up those trips and um, make different trips for different people to join you on or different difficulties and lengths of trips. And then once you start that, then you can start like, I want to get a cache in Idaho because I haven't gotten that state blocked out yet. So then, okay, that's going to be my goal, that one cache in Idaho, and I'm going to get all these caches on the way there and all these caches on the way back. And um, before you know it, you're um, caching for days. <laughs> but counties and then it's, yeah. 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 Exactly. But it does really help get you started if it's if geocaching is starting to feel like something you might get into and you're not really sure. And how do you even pick caches to find? These are definitely motivators for that. That's definitely yeah, a good yes. way to keep it going. Um, mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about uh, Earth Cache related stats. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about your thoughts. Uh, I think you've done a little bit of Earth Cache related uh, stat mm -hmm. hunting. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't have 500 earth cache finds. I have 199. I'm searching for my 200th because it's got to be a good one. Even though that's a stat that's not tracked anywhere. What is your 200th earth cache find? But because it's a nice round number, I just want it to be a good one. Um, and that's... <laughs> exactly. Chris, Chris, Chris has a comedy makes about milestones. Do I? You do. You say every cache is a milestone. Oh, yeah. So well, that's true. Every cache is a milestone. That you know, I've true. never found 3,101 before. 
That's true. At, and at you only mile. get to do it once. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I have, I've been working on my earth cache fizzy grid. And so I, some of my favorite earth caches I've found have been on my paddleboard on a lake, um, which is really, really fun. And I also recently learned that when earth caches were new, they were actually, there were 20 different subtypes of earth caches cave karst feature earth caches coastal feature earth caches erosional feature etc 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 and many people still try to make sure that they find at least one earth cache of all these different varieties i had no idea um but there is a challenge for that and there is a checker for it and it will chart it all out for you of which um, earth cache you have found of those 20 original subtypes of earth caches <laughs> Oh, I see the wheels turning in Land Monkey's head right now. No, <laughs> what you see is me clicking on the link that you gave us. I will um, continue while I'm playing. I, I can give everybody the GC code of one particular challenge. It's not nearby in the Pacific Northwest. I think it's in Illinois. Um, but it is GC24G20. If you were interested or you wanted to find that checker right away to see if you qualify. And it'll give you a nice little walkthrough on that challenge it walks through the the types the subtypes of earth cache that you could do very cool yeah land monkey fulfills the challenge way to go there you go <laughs> there's not much of a surprise there <laughs> well yeah. th th there's 20 different subtypes i mean maybe there was a subtype that i just haven't been to whatever part of the world has that subtype so. Exactly. And one of the things on that checker, which was intriguing, is it tells you how many you found and then it includes how many rare types you have found. And that I haven't explored that yet. I want to know which are the rare ones. My guess is like columnar basalt is not a rare one, <laughs> but maybe well, it is. Not around here. And I, <laughs> but um, that was intriguing. I liked the idea of, of even filtering it more of the rarest of the subtypes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is cool. Now, all these stats may not be for the new geocacher. <laughs> no, it may be that, you know, somebody says, you know, I'm kind of bored with geocaching. We can add stats to spice up the game a bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, if someone is new to geocaching, where can they go to find all these? Um, the very first thing that I looked at was my stats tab on my geocaching.com profile, because that told me the options were out there and that if I wanted to take it even further, I could. And um, and I was I was um, just thinking about how I was first inspired by stats. And that was because I started caching in uh, February of 2011. And then as we cached through kind of the winter in Michigan there and um uh, suddenly it was in April. And then I noticed it would tell you how many caches you found on the different days. And I thought, gosh, we, we could go for a big trip and find 30 caches on April 30th. We could do like a 30-30 challenge. And I didn't know what challenges were or that they even existed. But I thought that sounded like the most fun thing is to find 30 caches on the 30th of April. And then we only found 27 rats. But <laughs> we went for 30, <laughs> which then helped me not also obsess over um, not making my goals because sometimes that's part of it too. But um, but that really started me snowballing all about the stats and finding the particular ones and filling in my maps and things. Um, 
But once you exhaust your your geocaching.com profile, Project GC is really the next tool that I find the most user-friendly. I don't think I've ever had to watch any sort of tutorials or use the forums. They exist for sure. Um, but, you know, GSEC, it can be really complicated. It's, has a, it's a very powerful tool. And I've had friends invite me over and show me how to work it. And I can work it some. I know just enough um, to make me dangerous, but not as much as it can do. Um, but... Um, it's same with Project GC, but I have a little more confidence as I navigate through Project GC. Um, do you want? Should we show what that looks like for those people visually following along? We should. That's awesome. Ah, how about something? There we go. Like oh, oh no, I've clicked it. Oh gosh, did I click the wrong thing? Oh, there we go. I didn't. Ugh, <laughs> oh, computers are hard. Okay, so that we are, we're looking at my stats. This is my landing page when I look at, when I log into projectgc.com and it shows me uh, my, uh, how many caches I found in my lab caches. And then it just kind of walks me through my general finds because here at the top, we've got lots of different tabs. And here's the badge gen tab, a challenges tab, and we'll get there. These are just your general finds that if, as it, looks at what, you know, that was what my 2018 looked like. And my best month was November. It darkens that one month so that you can see that at first glance. It shows you all kinds of information, how many caches per day in the last year, the average per day in the last year, the best day that I've ever had, the best day that I had in 2019, the most finds in a calendar month, most cache types in a day. For those of you who like challenges, that's often called the busy day challenge when you try to get all those different cache types. I just did 10 this year in Kentucky, which was really, really nice. fun. That's yeah, hard. That's hard to do. Good job. Yeah, it was all about traveling. I knew I was going to a new town and I they had a webcam and I thought, there you go. <laughs> well planned. I can do it. <laughs> um, and um, then, yeah, it, it just, it continues. And, it, and whatever speaks to you, that's the wonderful thing about this. Is there's so many different opportunities to get excited about something. Maybe you really are going for log similarity. So the, um, how much, how many, um, how much variance is in the words that you choose for your logs. Um, some people want to get that as low as possible, so which means they're not just writing easy find. Thanks so much. On to the next yeah, <laughs> or something. Me. They're writing just a story. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And move exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of a cool one. I mean, that goes along with the whole glow concept we do. It um, really does. One of the other stats you, you rolled past in that whole big collection yeah. there, and it's one that's really um, interesting to Mrs. Monkey and myself is highest elevation. Um, oh, we're yeah. always chasing the, the highest elevation we can try and get to and find a cache. So, yes. Yes. Um, I went to Death Valley and totally blew out my low elevation challenge. Wow. Yeah, that is crazy low. <laughs> um, and that's the nice thing. This is just a sampling. As you can see on the side, I am only, you know, a fifth of the way down the page. It shows you all kinds of charts and average terrain per year and average difficulty per year. Like, gosh, I really stepped it up in 2018. I need to keep it going for 2019. <laughs> and, um, and the fines by year 
cash placed. And this is since it's August 1st, here's the, all the August 1sts I've ever done. And here's that fizzy chart that we were talking about that I just filled in this year that shows all of the different difficulty and terrain rating arrangements and combinations. And here is that tool that I could use. If I wanted to click on this, it would take me to a map that would show me all of the other caches if I wanted to get this, if I want to do my finish out my second loop, um, get all these ones turned into twos, I could easily do that by using that tool. The alternative to using this tool is just doing it by hand and searching on geocaching.com and filtering by, okay, I need a one and a half, four and a half, and I can filter that way. This is just a little bit quicker. Um, and here's the list of all of the, the my way to the 81, the, every time I filled in a fizzy grid, it lists it all out for you so that you can remember the first time you got one. And oh, here's the one that I found in Oregon that, that was box 81 that filled the whole thing. Here's all the caches that have the highest favorite points, the oldest caches that I've found, the highest and lowest elevation caches that I've found. Here's my Death Valley trip <laughs> with everything, um, just totally uh, all of my, every other cache that I had found that was below sea level is off of those stats, thanks to okay. Death Valley. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's finds by found date, by hidden date. This is if you wanted to fill in the hidden date is um, has everything to do with when the CO has placed the cache. That's another grid that you can fill in. This is the one, this finds by hidden month. That's the one that's traditionally referred to as your Jasmer challenge. Um, and here's that hidden month tool link down here that you would click on that will help you um, fill in all of those boxes. Um, if you wanted, there's some challenges where you can find a certain number of caches placed by certain COs. There's all the attributes that I've found. There are some challenges that help that require you to find a certain number of certain attributes. This will collect right. those for you. We can go back up to the top here. I'll go quickly. So while uh, you're doing that, uh, Brylang in the chat uh, used the hashtag stats and said, I know a kayaking earth cache that might be of interest to Jesse. Mm. That'd be a difficult, difficult I, terrain five. Maybe. I wonder if he just found that this week. I feel like I may have seen that on Instagram. Hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> looking at badge gen, since we were talking about that, um, here are all those badges and all the different colored jewel tones of the different badges. And if you hover over them, like this one here is the photogenic cacher awarded for finding 18 or more webcam caches. JT Coffee has 19 and needs six more to go up a level. And I saw that just the other day and I thought, oh no, six. Like, and now We're I'm thinking, okay, I know. So I'm thinking, okay, there's two in Oregon. I can go down and get those this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even thinking about that until now I saw oh, that's only six. Why? Anybody can do six. It's just six. <laughs> um, it's just so motivating for me. I and then the cash road trip is yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah. I got three webcam caches in Oregon this weekend. Nice. Wow. See, well done. Um, there's state-related badges, country-related badges. Here's the belt and the badge information, the belt information. This explains how and what all of the the um, 
how you accumulate the different colors of belts, all the different point values for all of those things. And some people are really, really motivated by these. And some people like, I've never looked at badge gen. And to what we've been saying, that's the lovely thing about it is there, everybody's motivated by a different thing. And it's just a different way of sorting that information that you mm -hmm. accumulate as you go and find caches. Nice. I, I yeah. love the country badges in badge gen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fun to earn those because that means you've done some serious traveling. Exactly. Indeed. In the, the chat, chat Dorm. Oh, mm -hmm. sorry. In the chat, Doramore says, I've got 19 of the 20 subtypes of the earth caches <laughs> with just 169 earth cache finds. I have a new goal. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um, uh, Brian Lang only has 18 types. He doesn't qualify yet. I'm sorry. Oh Go goodness. ahead, Jessica. Oh no, it's, it's, it's exactly. Now you know that there's a challenge, you get curious and then you think, oh gosh, where are those, where's, it's just one, I can do just one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can suddenly a whole trip bubbles out of just finding this one cache. Um, and it, I'm sure it will be quite the adventure because it's a type of earth cache that you haven't found before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, exactly. So yeah. much fun. Yeah, and yeah, like you say, it's just one. I can, I can go find one. I'll find one somewhere. Exactly. It's just one. <laughs> um, oh, like speaking of nobody can find just one. Because, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, you got to be efficient. You got to find all the ones from here to there and then back again. Um, speaking of all those challenges, Project GC does have a challenge tab under the paid subscription of, um style. And that is such a terrific way to track all the challenges that you've found and that you are working on, because it's a short link to all of the checkers so that you can start to see how you are, um, how you're shaping up and how many more that you need, or if you've even accomplished it. Sometimes as you you sign, you, you know, green sign a challenge, I haven't, you just write a note on the caching page saying, I'm working on this one. I've found the cache itself today, but I won't claim it until I qualify. And then suddenly you qualify and you maybe even did it by accident. That tab will tell you, it will turn it green when you've magically qualified so that you can claim it as a find. That, yes, that's a paid ver, uh, paid mm -hmm. option on uh, Project GC uh, that will do the challenge, that will go out and determine what challenges you already qualify for. Mm -hmm. You can go and manually check on Project mm -hmm. GC uh, for free, but uh, having that paid automatic challenge checker is fantastic. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where, okay, hold on. Where is that? I'm, I'm in Project GC. I want to know where that is. On Project GC, it's on the top right. Yeah, let me get to my, my screen here. Are we sharing the screen? And, and there's a challenge. Yes, I can share the screen. Okay, there so, we go. So at the top here, all the na -na 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 challenges oh, and then under your stats okay i wasn't yes. under stats up top yeah yeah and then here's all of the challenges i've found um you can tell i'm very motivated by challenges very motivated by challenges i'm scrolling through i'm found so far today 228 challenge caches then of course there's a whole grid the challenges by found date that i have to haven't filled out yet terribly embarrassing my goodness <laughs> <laughs> there is the um, challenges fizzy grid that you could work on. Um, and then here's a list of either ones that I've worked on or green signed or something like that, or I've qualified for, but haven't found yet and wrote a note on the page saying, I qualify, hooray. Um, 
And then this is a link to the actual page or to the checker over here. And um, it's just makes it so much easier, especially when you are um, meta challenge caching where one particular cache you find qualifies for many different challenges that you're working on. Yeah. Oh, too much. I know. It's, yeah. It can be very overwhelming or it, very exciting. <laughs> exactly. exactly. No, I, you know, there are times where it's just like, oh, I'm finding another cache. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why? You know, mm -hmm. but if you have a reason to go out, like you say, I, I can find one. Anybody can find just one cache. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. All for yep. the numbers, for those exactly. box filling. <laughs> exactly. Right now I'm working on the Delorum challenge. So that's, that was some of my vacation is mm -hmm. my wife says, where do you want to go? Well, I would really like to go to the Olympic Peninsula. Oh, we could see this and this. Yeah. I need <laughs> six geocaches there. That's really all I need just to fill out six pages there and I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's all I need. We're going to go on this other side of the road. Why? Because I just need to go over there. <laughs> yes, I've made um, similar excuses at my for my vacations and travel plans. I'm like, let's just, just pop right up here. In fact, we can stay in this little tiny town. It's no problem. No it's problem. Quaint. <laughs> it's, quaint. it's a cities and towns challenge cash or challenge place. It's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, there, if, if you can think of it, there's probably already a challenge out there for it. Exactly. Mm hmm. And maybe that will motivate you to go out and find more caches. And, you know, you could do your entire um, mysteries at the museum with, as we said last show, uh, just mystery caches or mm -hmm. earth caches or what have you. That would be a fun challenge. Mm -hmm. yeah, wow. That would put the pressure on, wouldn't it? <laughs> no kidding. Because <laughs> now you're time boxed. You have to do it by a certain date. Exactly. Yes. Whew. Yeah, that feels like a little too much pressure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just go out and find your 57 caches any any way you can. That's right. Have fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, JT Coffee, thank you so much. Uh, you know, now I feel completely inadequate because I don't have as many <laughs> challenges as you do. So now I've got to <laughs> step it up and start doing these challenges. Well, uh, there's a tool for that. <laughs> I just found out there is, yes. And not just one. Yeah, I think exactly. We, we knew there was a tool for it, but we didn't know how to use it as well as you do. So I appreciate you sharing your insight. It's actually been very educational. Good. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad to to chat these sorts of things. I love this sort of stuff. I love talking about this sort of stuff. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, oh. Go ahead, no, Land Monkey. No, no, I, I, I was just commenting that it was awesome. And then I was going to ask you if, if there was anything else that you guys want to talk about. Or <laughs> are we looking at wrapping up the show? Because it's 9.56. Well, I was going to say, let's let's wrap up the official show. Uh, JT Coffee, will you stay with us in the after show? You bet. Okay. Awesome. So, folks, thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There's more to come. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yes, we've, we've got some great shows lined up in the next couple of weeks. Next week, we've got, uh, I believe we've got Rock Chalk joining us to come back and finish the chat we were having with him that we ran out of time for. So he's very graciously coming back and we're going to 
we're going to talk about um, geocaching HQs pro tips for cache owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we'll get a, we'll, we'll probe for a little bit of an update on how the current promotion is going for the Mystery Museum. Mm-hmm. See if the official field reporter knows anything else. Um, and then the week after. going to wear the suit? He needs to wear the suit. Remind him. Okay. Yeah, let's remind him that he needs to wear the suit. Um, two weeks, um, two weeks out from, so that's next week. Okay, hold on, pause, think. Okay, got it. Uh, so that's next week. Two weeks out, um, we've got MC3 Cats coming on the show. So it's like a WSGA takeover this month. Uh, <laughs> and he's going to be talking to us about the Cash Dash Splash event. Exactly. Which I didn't realize was still going on. I thought that. Yes, it, it it's is. kind of revived. I think it's going to be a blast or a splash. A splash. Ah, there you go. So that's the next couple of weeks. So we've got some fun shows coming up. Make sure you don't miss those. And of course, at this point in time in our show, I, as always, want to thank uh, the Landsharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor, Landsharks.ca is the outdoor adventure and geocaching store. Check them out online or, hey, why don't you just go in person and visit their store in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. They are open six days a week, except holidays, and they ship online orders daily. Ooh, that was a big shark. It's like a whale shark. <laughs> you got to be careful. Sometimes there are big sharks. There's always <laughs> a bigger shark. Or baby sharks. Ooh. Do, 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 do. All right. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> in the northwest the earworm podcast that's right hey, we also want to thank uh, our faithful denali level supporters that's of course land sharks but it's also jp geo designs bounce bounce limax team squirrel and a worldcaching.com if you want to know more about supporting this show click that patreon link on the caching a website and you will also be punished by having us read your names and those names are broncos fan for life Sprouter, Camp Clan, Tick Magnet, Kev Bakti, Subway Mark, Dora Moore, Doom Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, GeoNav Pros, Wino Seattle, Ackerdock, Billy Robson, Genies, Andes, Keats 94, Trexer Zero, MC3 Cats, my favorite MC. There you go, favorite geocaching rap star, uh, Kennel Barb, M Nerve. Wet Coaster and Green Words, I got to say too. Oh man. Segehove. Alarobic. Keepers of the Cash Flow. Highlands Guy. Geo Travelers. Boomer 365. GSM. Times two. That counts as two. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Kitty Quest. T Sayer. And brand new supporter of the show. Thank you very much for your support. Seabeck Tribe. So thanks for all your support. We really appreciate those patrons. Uh, Until next week, let's start with our guest, uh, JT Coffee. Where could people find you if they wanted to stalk you? I mean, uh, ask me questions on the internet. (laughs) uh, Find out where these road trips you're going to, to find the five five earth caches oh yeah well you're of course more than welcome to friend me on geocaching.com uh of jt coffee there you can find me i'm on facebook and on instagram i'm my insta is um jesse which is j-e-s underscore s-e-a like the c um and uh, you can also message the 
the WSGA. I am a part of that. I'm the new interim VP of WSGA, and I can easily be found there, too. Doing so much. Thank you. We appreciate the WSGA and all the other geocaching associations. But WSGA in August on Caching in the Northwest, it's the place to be. Mm-hmm. What about you, Land Monkey? Where can you be found? Uh, well, on our website, uh, landmonkey.ca, but also, of course, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. It's at landmonkeygc. Um, and YouTube, uh, hey, new video, season three has launched. So um, the first episode's out. Second episode is already out for patrons. And um, after this weekend, anybody else will be able to check that out. And just search YouTube for Land Monkey, L-A-N-M-O-N-K-E-Y, Land Monkey on YouTube. Chris, my friend. Why do I have to follow that? <laughs> on Twitter, I'm Cashing in W. On Facebook, Cashing in W as well. Instagram, Cashing in the Northwest. You know what? Head on over to cashingnw.com slash host. Read all, about, read all those bios. Find all those links and do all the things. All the things. All the things. But most of all, we want to thank you for taking this time to listen to this episode of Cashing in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. You can call 253-693-TFTC, leave us a comment, ask a question, email us a picture of a perfect s'more any time of the day or night. And of course, you can email us at feedback at cashingnw.com. Can I interrupt for just a moment? I would actually like you to email us the actual perfect s'more, not just a picture of it. Email us the s'more, please. (laughs) Well, I figured if you got the picture, then you run it through your 3D food printer and you've got it because everybody has those. Well, I do. It's right back there. That's what the blue glow is. All right. Please continue. Now that I've completely disrupted your train of thought. See, we just want to prove that this is not uh, canned and pre-read ahead of time. So, your support might help keep quality shows coming. Might not. It depends on what we're doing on the evening. Now, if you like the show, click the Patreon link on the CashingNW.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Hey, give us a thumbs up or a review. The show's produced by Chris Umfenauer, Jim Paulwitz, and Jay Kennedy. It's licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license, copyright 2019 by Chris Umfenauer. And folks, we ask you to stay tuned for The After Show. It's like Wits End is still here. Not here, but not forgotten. No, he's on the East Coast tonight. So, um, you know, we have some faithful East Coast listeners who will stay up to midnight, one o'clock to listen to us. And you guys are hardcore and you really are, or, you know, hardcore or just can't get to sleep. (laughs) Hopefully, this is the cure for insomnia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, Caching in the Northwest, nine years of putting geocachers to sleep. It's worst thing. Um, I just talking about Jim not being here tonight and, and us missing him. Um, I'd like to remind folks that if you're missing him on the podcast, remember to send him a send him a, a Twitter message. Mm-hmm. Um, just tag him at Wits End uh, in your tweet and let him know that he was missed tonight. You know, he really does like that. He won't tell you. He may not tell you directly. But he yeah. really does. In fact, but, he'll say oh, he, he hates it, but, didn't you? Know. you? Yeah. Hey, we're actually in the after show. Hashtag and the test. 
Oh, hashtag fatas. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Hey, so why don't we let our guest read read a couple of fatas? Oh gosh. I, I I'm not I can't see them. Oh, okay. They're they're at the bottom I, of the show notes. Bottom of the show notes. Bottom of the show notes. If, if you lift your laptop, they're underneath. <laughs> they're under the files are in the computer. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why the screen was going backwards. Like, is it like we're You're in there? <laughs> so I have a private chat, but I don't know. I can't see any okay. of the the public okay. things. Okay, so in in the show notes, if you scroll right down to the bottom, we've got a section in the show notes called after show where we paste them in there. Ah, nice. Well, I closed everything because I was terribly yeah, afraid that we that. would that we would um, like share the wrong screw that we oh. i would share the wrong screen or something like that some sort of noob mistake so yeah i no I, problem. fair enough fair yeah. enough well the first one we have is from iham he says what are some of the good questions for a cash event bingo card hmm. cash and event this is for a, an engagement celebration event cash oh so it's for a particular type of event cash yeah engagement celebration so maybe the the question should kind of be related to relationships or something i don't know mm -hmm. what kind of stats are there or things that you would put on a, a a cash event bingo card how many times have you been married or engaged you you could oh. mm -hmm. that might get a little awkward if you weren't <laughs> asking everybody that Seven. <laughs> do you cash do you cash solo or do you cash with your snuggle muggle there's a question there you go that's what I was thinking of. How many um, have you ever uh, couched going geocaching as something else for your muggle significant other? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on some errands and I'm just going to go look in that bush over there. I'll be right back. <laughs> There's apparently an amazing view out here. We should go check it out. Just <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> We've or, all done that. <laughs> or um, how tall do you think that hill is over there? 200 feet. Interesting. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Early on in geocaching, it was like, oh, you need something from the store? I'll go. <laughs> and two hours later, I come back muddy. <laughs> Without the stuff. Or Here's the your oregano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I picked it myself <laughs> and dried it. It took forever. <laughs> That's right. And the milk yeah, found the cow. Yeah. Oh, God. I swear I am actually opening some of these. It's just taking forever in a day. Um, but uh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. How many different excuses you can, you have come up with or have you ever used uh, or come up with an excuse for geocaching or. Um, what uh, I like to ask is, have you ever left a family event to go find a geocache? Oh yes. Or or have you ever been caching during a wedding? I have Ooh. left a wedding before and to go geocaching. Okay, but the real <laughs> question is was it your own? No. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I I um didn't know what geocaching was when I got married. But um but uh, there is actually a geocache right where we got married. And I haven't found that one yet. I still need to do that. But um, I have, you know, we were kind of, it was at this, like, the hangout, like, before everybody got into dancing, but after dinner portion of a wedding. And it was in a place that was, uh, you know, a streak, got to find one. And there's one right outside. I was like, I'm just going to go do a lap for some fresh air. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> and then sure enough, got one. No problem. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So scrolling, so I'm scrolling. I'm, I have finally arrived at okay. the after show pace. Okay. So why don't, you, why don't you pick up the one from Keats? Keats. Let's see. I picked up my rescued. Oh no, I'm only seeing part of it. Oh dearie me. I have to scroll all the way down. Talk about suspense. Oh my goodness. There we go. I picked up my rescue GPSer from a very friendly Nanaimo cacher. Oh, that's nice of them. He told me he just happened to be biking by, noticed a geocache on his app, and sure enough, spotted my GPSer. What a guy. Well, that's a really cool thing. Way to go with that person for finding it and picking up the GPS. Those I've had that moment before where I have, I thought I left my GPS at a cache and that moment of like, well, how am I ever going to get it back? <laughs> um, that's a way cool shout out. Way to go extra or Nanaimo geocacher. Yeah. I think and, who it is there next. Um, and yeah, oh, part two, shout out to West Coast Finder for being a star geocacher, for being there at the right time and keeping my GPSer safe. Oh, yeah, especially if you have a, a really fancy pants GPSer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah no, I need to get one of those. That is a, that's a quality move. So definitely shout out to West Coast Finder over on the island. Way to be an awesome person. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, you'll never guess who we heard from. We heard from MC Three Cats. Wow! Who, I amazing. I yeah, know. I this. I'm actually a part of this. Speaking of stats, okay. and it's so cool that um, HQ has offered this ability or this test for some groups, and the WSGA is one of those groups that was elected by HQ to do this, which is so cool. Um, it's they're testing a group challenge special flavor of leaderboards basically and if you are a premium member of the wsga then it is available to you um which is really cool and it's just like a leaderboard on the left side of your dashboard page and your stats and the mystery at the museum and all those things that kind of float down that left list there in your lists if you're a part of this, it says WSGA and it shows all of the premium members, just like your leaderboard does. And then you're competing to work with them. It just started today. I just looked at mine. Um, I, it looks like so far it's number of caches found. So I found two today. So I'm at two, <laughs> um, but I'm not at the bottom, but I'm not at the top either. So I'll have to work on that. Okay. So I'm not quite catching what this is so let me let me repeat back what i think i heard and you can correct yeah. me um it's a new spin on the um mm -hmm. uh the what's shoot what's that called the the group channel the leaderboard leaderboard, leaderboard. thank you it's yeah. a new spin on the leaderboard where the your leaderboard will only show members of the wsga or whatever group you're in so it would actually yeah but mm -hmm. it would show all members of wsga or only ones your friends with that's the, the only the premium members who have opted in. Um, it's just, it's a choice. It's just a fun thing to do. And if um, the, our Chris, MC3Cats, our president, has sent out an email saying, let me know if you want to opt in. Um, and it's available to our the WSJ premium members. And um, so everybody who has says, yes, I want to give this a try, is listed among that. If you um, share my screen... I can show you where we are. Oh, look, there we are. Oh, and so view profiles. Yeah. Hey, WSGA geocaching challenge. Click on that. 
And eight years later, it will open. I apologize. <laughs> there we go. It's going to contemplate it for a minute just because that's the way of things. But um, yeah, here we go. Gosh, Squirrel 50 had an amazing day. 55 mm -hmm. points. Look at that. And then, oh, here's me. I'm you. That's me, JT Coffee. I'm at number four with my two caches of the day. Um, and it's recommending that you find some with high favorite points. That's probably how you get extra points in this particular promotion. Oh, look, if I wanted to know about that, I could click about scoring under our group. As a group, we have earned 66 points, uh, which is awesome. And it looks like every found it is five points. If you find a mystery cache, that's 15. And if you attend a CETO event, that's 10. Rats, I did that yesterday, just before this started. <laughs> um, oh, well, I guess I'll have to go to more. So but... Um, yeah. So it's uh, now I'm curious. Um, you have a point total. You have your team points. So would you mm -hmm. actually compete against others? So like WSGA could compete against BCGA or something like that. Is that theoretically what happened? I bet since this is super beta from HQ, I, I they're probably trying to see what this you know how this works. Do people like it? What happens when you work against each other for this? And what kind of how can you accumulate points? Are people interested in this kind of thing? Um, they're just trying to suss all that stuff out, okay. looks like. So you could play it individually, like I want to be the top person in my team, or you could mm -hmm. play it as a team, and I'm just going to get whatever I can get to help my team beat yeah. everybody else. It looks like it, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, JT Coffee, guess what? Highlands guy says, oh, I just covered your face. Oh, well. There you go. Uh, I used Project GC Challenge Checker and found I qualified for a cache I signed a while ago. Woohoo! Mm -hmm. Best day. That's like a free find almost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can just log that on. <laughs> Ta-da! Poo in the woods container type challenge. That, now that sounds intriguing. <laughs> and Land Monkey? Yes, sir. Paul wants to know, no more all in one breath? Yeah, no, we stopped oh. doing that a while ago. Yeah. They ran out of breath four or five new patrons ago. <laughs> what a great problem to have. <laughs> it is. It is a great problem to have. I'm very thankful that we have that problem. Very yeah. cool. All right. Well, Our cashier. Yay, Eastern time zoners. I know, right? Or as uh, MC3Cats calls them, insomniacs. <laughs> well, Stark Cashier is one of those Eastern time zoners. Yes, he is. Yeah. awesome. It was really neat to find. Actually, last time I was on the show, I wore my um, trackable name tag, which I can read aloud uh, the numbers. If you would like to discover my name tag, you totally can. That's G S K Z T T Golf Sierra Kilo Zulu Tango Tango, um, and it was amazing to see all the different places that people were tuning in from. When I got all those emails that people were discovering it, I was very surprised. It was so neat to see the show's reach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, somebody mentioned they were the first to log your trackable today. Oh, cool. I bet there's a stat for that. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been why they were mentioned. Really? <laughs> Never considered that. I know. <laughs> awesome. More guys, what do you think? Wrap it up? I think, I think so. Folks, there. thank you so much for joining us. And until next week, go check your stats and then get out and get caching in the Northwest. <laughs>